Just enjoy yourself. <laughs> hey, is this mic working? Good. Good. Today we're looking in uh, the book of Daniel. And can anybody guess where Daniel is? Anybody? Okay. That's one place. How about another place? Anybody? He's in the lion's den. He's in the lion's den. We'll get to that in just a minute. We are um, continuing our series uh, by faith, Heroes of the Bible. And today, Daniel is the hero in the Old Testament that, will be, that we will be looking at. Um, any of y'all ever watched Perry Mason? Anybody? Perry Mason? Okay, does anybody know his sidekick, his investigator? Anybody? Paul Drake. Y'all remember Paul Drake? Uh, Della, call Paul. Get Paul in here. Well, as Perry Mason told Paul, he says, Paul, you need to make a trick, quick trip to Mexico. So, Marty and Nikki have made a quick trip to Myrtle Beach. <laughs> so anyway, so y'all are stuck with me today. Um, I want to read a couple of verses out of Hebrews. Uh, chapter 11, this is kind of our base. And then we'll get into the book of Daniel, chapter 6. In Hebrews 11, verse 32 through 34, it says this, And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell you about Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms. And I'm going to say through faith each time. Who through faith administered justice through faith gained what was promised through faith shut the mouths of lions through faith quenched the fury and and of the flames through faith escaped the edge of the sword through faith whose weakness was turned to strength and through faith who became powerful in battle and routed armies let's pause for a moment of prayer our God, it's once again we bow our hearts before you and we just thank you for your word. Thank you that we can read your word and thank you that you help us to understand it. Lord, we just pray that this morning as we, as we look at your word that you would speak to our hearts, lead us and guide us. God, help us to get from your word what we need. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So most of y'all know the story of Daniel and uh, the lion's den, but just kind of to kind of help you get up to date or whatever, there's a lot of background on Daniel. The first five chapters of the book of Daniel tells us about how Daniel and his friends, the three amigos, came up from, uh, were carried off from their homeland into Babylon. And when they come over to Babylon, they face all kinds of problems. Um, first of all, they were young, but they, they, show, they showed promise. So the king took these guys into his um, training and into his service after they were trained. And um, the first king that was there was Nebuchadnezzar. And he um, had the guys working for him and 
course, you all know the story how um, he built a tower and they had to bow down to that tower, that idol, and worship. And if they didn't, they would be thrown into the furnace. Um, another time, they, they refused to eat the food that had been offered to idols and they were, um, they were almost killed off then. So they go through all kinds of stuff. And after Nebuchadnezzar, then they had uh, Belteshazzar, the next king, the Babylonian king. And um, he kept the same guys in his service and, and did well. And he had a dream. And you all remember the handwriting on the wall. That comes from the book of Daniel. Uh, all kinds of good stories in, from, uh, in the Old Testament there. And, but, we, but we come up and then Nebuchadnezzar dies. He, Daniel tells him, you're going to die. And so he dies. And then the Bible tells us that, that um, Darius, I knew I was going to say that and stutter, Darius, he became the king, and he was a Mede. He was not a Babylonian. So somewhere in there, in that little short verse or two in the last uh, part of chapter 5, the Babylonians lose control, and the Medes take over. So now Darius is the king. So Darius, he's a pretty smart person, so he decides to keep Daniel uh, in the service of the king. Um, you use those that can, can do well for you. So Daniel had, had proved himself all these years. Now, Daniel is not a young man anymore. Between chapter 1 and chapter 6, uh, there was a lot of things that went on, and it took a lot of years for all that to happen. So Daniel is probably getting along in years. He's about 80 now. Now, I'm looking out here, and some of you guys may feel like you're 80, but most of you look younger than 80, okay? But Daniel, he was still, I mean, he was still hitting it. I mean, he was, he was working, and um, Darius kept him in his service. Now, let's pick up right there in uh, Daniel 6, verse 1, and I'm going to read uh, 1 through 5. And uh, it says this, It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps, or governors, to rule throughout the kingdom, with three administrators over them. One of them was Daniel. The satraps were made, were made accountable to them that the king might not suffer loss. So the king had these three administrators to watch over or to have these 120 governors to answer to. So anytime you've got big government, you need some administrators. You need some people you can trust, some people that can help you. So that's what these three guys, that's what their job was, and Daniel was one of them. Now, Daniel was so distinguished, had so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. So here we have, if you all know the stories of Daniel, each time uh, he would do well and he would end up being in command or in charge and being like the second or third most important person in the whole kingdom. Now that's, that's pretty cool right there. So to set him over the whole kingdom. And at this, at this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs. You see, most of the time when you have government and you have people working in government, you're going to have, um, you're going to have things going on that shouldn't be going on. You're going to have people uh, taking bribes. You're going to have people uh, overlooking things, just all this kind of stuff. But they couldn't find anything wrong with Daniel. But they were unable to do so, and so they, they could, no, could find no corruption in him. Boy, I tell you what, it ain't like that today, is it? 
Man, because he was trustworthy, trustworthy, nowadays we want to find the lesser of two evils, seems like, or the lesser of five evils, or however many he's running. But he said, because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Now, we just read that and we say, well, he's a pretty good fellow. Look, look at this. He was, he was neither corrupt. Now, that means that Daniel could not be bought. He couldn't, nobody couldn't give him a bribe. And now here he is, he's, um, he's the top three in the country, and he's, he's, here's a good Granger County phrase, he's a fixing to be number one, okay? He's a fixing to be. And they're trying to, the, the, the envy and the jealousy kicks in on these other guys. And so they, they're trying to figure out, how are we going to get rid of this dude? I mean, he's not a Babylonian, he's not a Mede, he's not a Persian, he's just, some dude that they picked up off the streets over in Israel. So what are we going to do? So, so he wasn't corrupt, neither negligent. And that means that Daniel did what he needed to do. He didn't half do anything. Have you ever heard the expression, if you're going to do something, do it right? There's no need of doing it if you're not going to do it right. Correct? So no, he was not negligent. So, <clears throat> I knew that was going to be loud. Sorry about that. So finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man Daniel unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So they couldn't find anything any other way. So in these verses here, we see that Daniel did what he could where he was. And the application to us is we need to do what we can where we are. You know, it seems like we're always wanting a better job, always wanting a little more money, always wanting a little nicer house, um, on and on and on. It seems like we're never satisfied. We always are looking for the next thing. And, and we sometimes we'll have some, some pressure on us. We'll say, well, after that, things will be a lot better. Uh, I was saying that yesterday. I was saying, after this sermon, I'll be doing a lot better. <laughs> but anyway, it seems like we always want something a little different. But Daniel, Daniel had no freedom except what maybe the king would give him. He wasn't home. He was carried off someplace else. He was just a youngster, young guy when he was carried off. And all through the book of Daniel here, he keeps coming up to the top. Up to the top. So Daniel, he did what he could where he was. Do what you can with what you have, in other words. So that's the first lesson we, we, we learn from the story of Daniel and the lion's den. The second lesson that we learn from the story of Daniel in the lion's den or and the lion's den is you got to be ready for opposition. Every time that you want to do something right, it seems like there's a little bit of opposition. Now, we as a church, TCAR, have been, we have lived that for several years. And if you do anything for God, if you do anything that is right, you're going to face opposition. Don't think that just because you're doing something good, it's going to be easy. Because usually when you do something good, it gets a little rougher. Okay? So Daniel... 
was getting ready to be attacked by a lot of people. And I'm going to tell you just how many here in a minute. So these administrators and satraps went as a group to a group and said, May King Darius live forever. So they were going to the king to try to trap Daniel. Okay, how many how many people do you think went with went up to King Darius and talked to him? Anybody been counting? Anybody got a number for me? Very good. You must have been listening. I don't know. There was 122. Uh, the first verse says there's 120 satraps. Let's call them governors. That's easier for me to say. Same word. There was 120 governors. There was three administrators. Daniel was one of them. So 120 plus 2 is 122. So 122 people went to see the king to complain about this foreigner, about this old guy from someplace else. So they went, you know, made the king live forever. The royal administrators, the prefects, the governors, satraps, the advisors, and the governors, so that says it twice. Well, anyway, they have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days, except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. I'm going to have to talk. Y'all just going to have to excuse me. How's that? Now, your majesty, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot, cannot be altered in accordance with the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. Now, why in the world do you think the king would do that? Well, he's the king. He can do whatever he wants to do. But if somebody comes to you and they brag on you and they say this, that, and the other, and, oh, you need to do this, you know, a lot of times we listen to them, don't we? Well, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. So Darius, he was kind of, he was kind of blindsided, ganged up on, or whatever you want to say. 122 guys giving him advice. This is what you need to do. Now, this, this is not a part of the outline or the whatever, but listen, sometimes the majority can be dead wrong. Okay? We need to remember that. Sometimes God will be saying something to us. I, I don't mean to point to any certain person. But some God, sometimes God can be saying something to you. <laughs> or you. Um, any of us, right? God can be moving our hearts to do something. And everybody around us thinks it's a bad idea. Everybody around us says, oh, you don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. But listen, if God is in it, we have to do it. I mean, listen, we're going to lose if we don't. And so Daniel, he was being blindsided or picked on or, or ganged up against, however you want to say it. But Daniel kept on doing the right thing. He was, he was ready for the opposition. There's a verse over in the New Testament. I didn't look it up, but I believe it's part of Paul's writings. Paul said that we need to be careful. Be aware. Because our adversary, the devil, is going about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now listen, if you want to do something right, you're going to face opposition. The devil can't be everywhere at one time. 
but he can be some places sometimes. And so we need to be careful. He's he's there. He's 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 the tempter. He's the liar. He's the deceiver. But in these next few verses, verse ten through sixteen, we see what helps Daniel through all of this, and this is what will help us. We need to keep your well. We need to keep our prayer lives current. We need to keep our prayer lives current. In other words, good old phrase I heard somewhere a long time ago, be prayed up, okay? Be prayed up. That means you don't just pray when you need something from God or you just, you just pray when things are, well, we don't pray a lot when things are going well, but just when something happens, you know. Uh, that, that old phrase, you, you may have heard somebody say this, I've tried everything else, I guess, I guess I'll pray. You heard that before? I have heard people say that. And it just, it, it kind of just blows me away because praying ought to be the first thing we do, not the last thing to do. It should be what we're doing all the time. Pray without ceasing. Always. Now, y'all say, well, you're up there talking about that. That's a big deal. What, what a big deal. I, I know I'm stuttering, okay? I'll probably stutter some more. Hang with me. Alright? But I have to point at myself and, and and say that to myself too. I need to pray more. I, you can't pray too much. Well, if you prayed all the time and never ate, you might have to slow down a little bit. But anyway, we got to keep prayed up. And so Daniel, when he learned that the decree had been uh, been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows were open toward Jerusalem. Now that's that's important right there. He was he was praying as his ancestors had, as his, as his people had been taught to pray, they were, they were to go to the temple and pray. But the temple was destroyed. The Babylonians, they burned everything pretty well. So Daniel, he couldn't go to the temple, and he didn't have a, a place there to pray, so he had an upstairs room where he went to pray. We need a a normal place or a, a, a place to pray on a regular basis. You know, we are more apt to pray if we have a place that we go and we say, this is where I'm going to pray. And it, it can be just about anywhere, but we all need that. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and he prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. Things was Things were bad. And... All of these governors and these administrators were against Daniel, and they wanted to see Daniel dead. So Daniel didn't pray for the first time. He had been praying all along because he'd been around long enough to know that there was opposition. So he was staying current in his prayer life. He was giving thanks to God just as he had done before. It wasn't just an emergency prayer. How many of y'all have done that? An emergency prayer? Now, there's there's nothing wrong with an emergency prayer. If you have an emergency, you better pray. Call somebody else, let them pray with you. There's nothing wrong with that. But if we have a... a it's easier to talk to somebody on the phone when you have good connection. Okay? So we need to be connected to God in our prayer life so that when... I'm not going to say that. Start to say something different, but I'll I'll try to I'll try to PG it. <sighs> we need to stay 
connected with our Father. Then when we, when we pray, it's just like a continuation of our conversation. That's two big words, isn't it? <laughs> that's, that's all my big words for the day, y'all. Okay? Don't even know where that came from. So he went up there and he prayed just as before. Then these men, 122, these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. I mean, these guys were setting a trap. They found him and found him praying. So they went to the king and they spoke to him about his royal decree. Now, the king thought that was his royal decree, but he had a lot of help figuring that out. Those 120 guys, 122. And here's what they said. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any god or human being except to you, your majesty, would be thrown into the lion's den? So they went to the king and they reminded him of this law. Like he needed to be reminded. He was the one that wrote it. So the king answered. Now y'all remember about the law of the Medes and the Persians? It can't be changed. can't be repealed. The decree stands in accordance with the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. Why, why couldn't they repeal it? Why couldn't the king repeal it? Well, if the king just wrote executive orders all the time, it would be a mess. Okay, y'all just let that sink in a minute. It didn't happen back then. It, when, when, the, when a law was written according to the law of the Medes and Persians, they didn't change it. They didn't take it back. There was no getting out of it. Now, why? Well, it brought stability to the whole country, to the whole world, actually. If, if the laws could be changed all the time, people could change the laws to suit themselves. There was no stability. And there had to be st stability. You see, King Darius was not only the king right there in wherever he lived. I mean, this is a worldwide thing. Uh, he, was, he was the big man. And everybody else in the whole world at that time, including Egypt, were under the control, if you will, of this king, King Darius. So anyway, he said, we, you know, what are, what are we going to do? Then they said to the king, Daniel who is one of the exiles from Judah. See right there, they already, they're already talking bad about him. Daniel, he's an exile. He's a foreigner. He's from Judah. He pays no attention to you. Now, wouldn't that make the king mad? He's not paying attention to you. In other words, you don't have any authority with this old, with this old boy. You thought that he was, he was your top man, but here he is not even paying attention to your law. Your majesty, or, or he's not paid any attention to the, to the decree you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. He's doing all this stuff. We caught him. We went, to his, we went to his house. We saw him. I don't know. One guy climbed up a tree, saw him through the window. I don't know how they did it. But they caught him praying. Of course, Daniel didn't try to, he didn't try to hide it because he always prayed. But they, they were accusing him. They wanted to get rid of him. When the king heard this, now here this is pretty cool right here. When the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. 
So Darius, he really liked Daniel. Daniel had really impressed the king. He was going to make him, you know, the, the head man, the head administrator. So the king was pretty upset when he realized he had been used. Can you see that? I mean, here the king is. He, he should be pretty smart. But these, these guys tricked him into writing this law. Nobody's going to pray unless they pray to you, King Darius. Because you are the man, right? You are the man. And so King Darius was very upset, greatly distressed. And he tried all day, all day, until after the sun went down, trying to figure out, you know, what can I do to keep Daniel from being thrown into this den of lions? What, what can I do to save this, this guy's life? And so he worried and worried and worried, but then, then those other guys came back again. The men went as a group to King Darius, and they said to him, Remember, remember your majesty, that according to the law of the Medes and Persians, no decree nor ed, no, or edict that the king issues can be changed. In other words, this is how it is, king. Uh, that's the law. you got to do it. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. So Daniel knew, uh, the king knew that Daniel served a God different than his. But if you notice, at least in the version I have, the word God there is capitalized. Your God, whom you serve continually, may he rescue you. In verse, the next few verses, we see how that God delivers those who trust Him. Can you flip that over? I like calling on people just out of the blue. Just take your time. All right, thank you. Thank you, buddy. So God delivers those who trust Him. All right? Look at verse 17. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles, so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. I mean, it was, it was pretty well over for Daniel. Uh, they put the rock over there. The stone covered the, the, the den. He couldn't climb out. Even if he could climb up the wall, uh, of the den, he couldn't get out because there was a rock on top, and the king sealed it, and and all these other guys put their seals on it. So that that was that was just something that couldn't be changed. Daniel was there. Then the king returned to his palace, and he spent the night without eating, and without any entertainment being brought to him, and he could not sleep. The king just he was hungry, probably he. But have you ever been just so irritated, aggravated, agitated that you couldn't sleep? Anybody? I was like that Friday night. My back was about to kill me. Got up and drank a glass of milk, a couple of Advil, prayed a while, and went back to bed. So anyway, there's, there's your recipe for backaches if anybody needs that. That's, that's free, no charge, and uh, get rid of that radish. So anyway, the king was uh, up all night. He couldn't sleep. He didn't want any music. He didn't want any dancing. He was just worried about his old buddy, Derek. So, at the first light of dawn, the king got up and he hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he
he called to Daniel in an anguished voice. Now, I'm not going to try to do an anguished voice, okay? I, I probably could, but I'd have to get really loud and uh, have to turn this off, all that good stuff. But here's the anguished voice, and here's what he said. He said, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? And then he just listened to see if there's any answer. Daniel answered, May the king live forever. My God sent his angel, and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me, because I was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I done ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. So the king was just tickled to death, right? The king was overjoyed, and he gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because, what's this next phrase say? Because he had trusted in his God. Folks, if God is your God, you can trust Him. And He will bring you through the tough times. He'll bring you out of the dens. He'll bring you out of the fires. Whatever. And He'll be there with you. Okay? I know this is not a part of this story, but when the three Hebrews were thrown in the furnace, the Lord went with them. There was one that looked like the Son of God. And He was with him. If we trust Him, He will deliver. And then the last few verses shows us that you reap what you sow. Have you ever heard that before? <laughs> you reap what you sow. Now, there's all kinds of current phrases for it. Uh, what, is it? What, what goes around comes around. Uh, karma is a bad girl. PG-13, right? That's PG. I, I'm I'm proud of me right there. <laughs> I'm like a learner's tea bath. I'm so proud. <laughs> uh, sometimes God leads us and we listen every now and then, don't we? But but you but you sow, you reap what you sow, and it's both good and bad. It works both ways. Okay. So so um, let's let's look at what happens here. This could be really gory, but I'm not going to make it gory. But you can just try to use your imagination. At the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and thrown into the lion's den. How many were they? 122 that we know. Now, I don't know if any of those other, all those other groups of people that was mentioned, I don't know if there was any more of those guys in there or not. But we know there was 122 thrown into that den of lions now that wasn't that wasn't the worst part after he threw all the, the men in there he threw their wives in there there's the rest there is encouragement for you wives to pray for your stupid husband okay <laughs> i'm sorry i shouldn't use the word stupid <laughs> pg but listen if your husband gets in trouble you were right there with him. That's your main job to keep him straight, right? I don't know. But look at that. The husbands were thrown in, the men, and then their wives. 
It gets worse. It gets worse. And children. And children. So if each one of these 122 guys were married, that's how much? How many? All right. Now, how many children do they have? We don't know. Most of them probably had two or three, four or five. They had a lot of children back then, probably more than that. They had a lot of children. So I'm going to guesstimate on the low end and say 500 people. 500 people. Now, can you imagine 500 people being thrown into a den? It must have been a, a pretty good-sized den, a lot of lions. Because look what, look what happens next. All these people were thrown into this den of lions, plural. And before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. In other words, everybody that was thrown in there were immediately attacked. Thank you. They were, they were immediately attacked, devoured, whatever. Before they could even hit the floor of that den, the, the lions had them and crushed their bones. Now that, that is the really bad side of reaping what you sow. And you know, sometimes when we we do something bad or stupid, we're we're going to reap on the bad side. But I, I hope and pray that we. God is so much more merciful, seems to me today, than He was then. Because listen, we have people doing way worse things than just trying to entrap other people, and God is so merciful to us. He is so merciful to us of us. As a country, as a world, he is just, his, his, his mercy endures forever. That's the Bible verse somewhere. So anyway, that's the bad part, the bad side of reaping what you sow. Now, the good side of reaping what you sow is, is what Daniel reaps. Then King Darius wrote to all the nations and peoples of every language in all the earth. That pretty well gets everybody, okay? Everybody. Here's what Darius said. May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. And then he, I guess this, this could be a poem or a song that they could sing, I don't know. Looks like a poem to me. For he is the living God, and he endures forever. Now this is King Darius. King Darius is not a man of God. He's this Mede that took over. And, and defeated Babylon. And, and here's what he's saying. He's the living God. He endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. I, you know, I, I really believe that God had a part in what's being said right here. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. Now, how did the king know that? He saw Daniel in that den. He was the one who ordered him to be put in there. So King Darius knew that God rescued. He knew it. And he performed signs and wonders. This, this definitely was a sign or a wonder. And he, and he was just, let me stutter. He performed signs and wonders in the heaven and on the earth. He had rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. So I want you to see here that that Daniel prospered through four different kings. I'm, I don't even know if it, Nebuchadnezzar, Belteshazzar, Darius, 
and Cyrus, the Persian. So there's a maiden and a Persian. So through all of these, so because Daniel trusted God, because Daniel saved current in his prayer life, God had rescued him, God had prospered him through all of these years. And I don't know how much longer Daniel, we could probably do some research and figure out how old Daniel was when he died. It usually tells us that. But uh, Daniel lived a long time prospering because of his faithfulness to God. And God was faithful to him. Daniel was rescued. Now, there's, there's another little thing about this story that if we don't think about it, we might miss it. Because of Daniel's trust in God, because of his continual prayer life, the whole world knew that God was God, the God of the Hebrews, Yahweh. He was the God of the whole universe. He did what he wanted to do. He rescued, he saved, and he used Daniel and King Darius to tell the whole world that God is God. And he's the one that rescued. And he's the one that saved. Now, we have that job now. We have the job of telling the world that the God we serve, the God of the Hebrews, the God of Daniel, the God of Paul in the New Testament, he's the God that rescues and saves and that does wonders and signs in the world. There's a lot of a lot of idols out there. But our God is the God. We need to we need to remember that and we need to live our lives like He is the one. He is the only true God. I'll ask the band or musicians or whatever you want to say to come back up here. We'll sing a song and receive an offering and Sing another song, and then y'all can go eat if you want to, all right? So this story, it has a happy ending for Daniel, and God has a purpose and a happy ending for us, too. It ends in his kingdom. Just, just before we start singing, I'd like to lead us in prayer, okay? Our God in heaven, we thank you so much for delivering Daniel. We thank you for this, this account, this story that was, written down so that we could learn from it today. Thank you for Jesus that he died for us. And God, I just pray that you would help each and every one of us here today to allow you to work in our lives. Help us to continually seek your will for our lives. Thank you, and we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.